0: It should be the way that I start my interviews. That'd be great. Who made you do that? I mean, because I've I've done so many interviews, and there is that that aspect sometimes, you know, especially if you're doing something, if you're trying to promote an album. You do run into people that are like, you can kind of see that they had to do it. Sure, when you're talking to to somebody at
1: like the Tampa Alt Weekly, and you're in the van, and you're just like...
0: Something like that. I mean, you know, the landscape has changed a lot, and I don't do that many interviews now, so... But there would, I think it's a perfectly legitimate question. Who put you up to this?
1: You've been doing this music thing for a long time now.
0: Yeah, my entire adult life. Yeah.
1: You were pretty young when you started too. I mean, are you, you surprised that people are still interested that you're coming out, that you can tour and?
0: Yes, but no. Okay. Because like, no, no, in the sense that I'm a music fan, you know, and kind of the amazing thing about music is that how there is almost so much room for all levels of, of acts you yeah. know and especially the longer you do it and you realize how really comp- complex the musical landscape is and how there's all these pockets of people who listen to this and listen to that and you know I'm you're all I feel like I'm always discovering finding out about somebody who's like oh you've never heard of this guy well <laughs> yeah he's huge <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he's and you realize that there are musicians that manage to uh to just keep it going and survive like uh, maybe under the radar or under a different radar or whatever so as a music fan, I do understand why someone like me would be able to stick around for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I I do, it. In a, it's a very modest. I mean, I, I kind of live like a sort of middle-class dad life. I've got this... Comfortable, you know, comfortable but always kind of on the edge of <laughs> catastrophe, you know. I'm never quite comfortable enough, yeah. you know, because especially once you have children and things, that becomes like a... It's not really about comfort even anymore. It becomes about just like...
1: I don't want to be like super crass about it, but is there, you know, I mean, there must be times where it's like, yeah, things are a little thin now. Maybe it's time for a dinosaur tour. Maybe it's time for like oh, yeah. a 7
0: tour. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, it is. I mean, it's weird to be middle class, to be a middle class musician. It is, it's It's yeah. an odd place to be in because it does, because you, you do have to go, I mean, because things that, I mean, if I, was, if I was just a guy making music and living in my apartment, you know, I would be be a very easy life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, w- it would be. I would be doing whatever I wanted It would do. be enjoyable, but there,
1: w- there would definitely be that point when you're just like, hey, I'm, you know, filling the age here. Do I need to keep doing this? Is it entertaining enough? And is it, do you enjoy it enough that you feel that to some degree you would be doing it regardless of interest?
0: I, I, I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. You still I, enjoy it? Oh, totally. Yeah. More than ever. I mean, really, the older I get, the more I enjoy it. Because I'm less nervous, I guess I'm more centered. So, um, and like I said, like when you know, when I stop, when I say yes, I believe, I I, I do believe that I could survive in the, as a musician. You know that that's, it's kind of part of the same realization of just going like I can do this. How did you work through that anxiety? I just plowed through it. Yeah, I don't know. I you don't just kind of woke did.
1: up one day and you were on the
0: other side of it. Kinda. Yeah, kind I did. I can't really put it one thing. It wasn't like the birth of my first child. It, <laughs> wasn't, I was the, it wasn't the birth. <laughs> you know, it's like it, 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 there was nothing like that. Yeah. Really, I think um, I don't know. I don't know how.
1: Uh, in hindsight, are you able to kind of pinpoint at least a, a time period of your life when music started actually, be, you know, that became enjoyable
0: again? Enjoyable again? Yeah. Well, it was never not enjoyable. Sure. Let me make it clear. <laughs> there was a there was a time in the In the 2000s, I would say the early 2000s where I was really struggling. But as far as being enjoyable, it's always enjoyable. My time had come and gone, you know, as a musician. Like, I'd I'd sort of peaked in the 90s. And one thing that I would just never do is make really difficult decisions. You know what I mean? I just wouldn't do that. Like, there would be a time, I mean, there was a a time when my band Sebedo, it's like we were, like, really on the cusp of, like, not being huge, but I mean, but at least, like, keeping up with, like, a band like Pavement or, you know, even like Got It By Voices, there was a, yeah. a juncture where we we could, but it was basically the decision that we had to make was we got to kick our drummer out of the band because we need a good drummer because our songs need to to expand and we need to, you know, the, musically we needed to do that. Which is a shift, right? I it's mean, a because- shift because we were like, we were always known as this kind of like lo-fi, yeah. you know, group of friends that got, you know, we just... We had kind of a casual <laughs> approach to sure. things and, you know, a casual approach to live performances and things like that. But there was definitely a point where I knew, even as a, as a musician, that I would have to make this hard decision or, you know, and, and, you know, kick this drummer out of the band. Or, you know, it was suggested to me at some point in the 90s, like, you should really just go solo. You should really do that. You should do that now, but you should – instead of trying to always include everyone you know into everything you, you do. You feel like in
1: hindsight that you had this window and the I, opportunity was missed.
0: Yeah, it was totally missed. I let it go. And so by the time the 2000s rolled around and all of these – and to my mind, the people that I had like had this fierce loyalty to, you know, and that I – I'm like they – you just – when I just sort of realized like – I well, didn't really have any particular loyalty to me <laughs> like, like why did i what did I sacrifice so much in order to like maintain this this just trying to be a good guy you know or trying to be just i don't you know i so it was a i did have a real crisis in the early 2000s especially there was a huge there was a big shift in the way that music was like indie music became mm-hmm. something a little bit different like when we were in the nineties it was just this real it's pretty casual. I mean, I would just – that's one way I would describe it, you know, like bands like Pavement and Sabadeau and Yeah. It was casual, you know. And then – but when the 2000s rolled around, the bands were serious like The Strokes and Interpol and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, these are like – these bands are serious. I mean, I'm like – they were like, well, these guys are like work – I mean, obviously practicing a lot and like, you know, they had yeah. really – they had real visions and it was a real return actually – and as a music listener, I really appreciated it because it was a return to, to like really this, this rock, I, what I kind of consider really great rock and new wave music, which is this kind of like, you know, singular vision and people really working together and practicing.
1: <laughs> there was an opportunity and people were pointing out to you to take it more seriously. And part of taking it more seriously would have yeah. been firing the drummer,
0: firing the drummer, uh, being a little more, Just making more difficult, like making more decision, like really hard, I mean, actually business decisions. Like I'm going to sign a publishing deal or I'm going to, you know, things that other people that I knew did long before I ever did. But by the time that I, by the time that I did it, it was like too late. Because the music, like all of the the music business, had changed actually very drastically.
1: Everyone I talked to who was signed, who you know was on a major in the '90s, you know, tells me at least in hindsight that it, that it felt different at the time. I think all, all the labels really saw the writing on the wall and were kind of scrambling to find the next big thing. So there were these. It was pretty clear at the time that there were these opportunities that were not going to come again in the same yeah. way.
0: Yeah, and I didn't take. <laughs>
1: Is regret the right word when, when you look back at these things, when you look back at these opportunities that were missed for any number of reason? I mean, are you able to just kind of accept that that's just how things went?
0: I don't, I,
1: I, it's not healthy, obviously, to like, you know, be up every night worrying about an opportunity that wasn't the, taken. And you yeah, seem to be in a pretty good place with your career in terms of the level that you're at.
0: Yeah, I'm totally happy where I'm at as yeah. far as the music I make and where I'm at right now. Yeah, I have like, I do. I mean, it's an interesting question. Like, is it really like, cause in a way, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Regrets, gr- regrets, a heavy thing. I just, I, I, I'd always really avoided ever saying I regretted anything for a very long time. Like I don't regret it. Yeah. But now I definitely <laughs> I have a lot of regrets. I, they're about, but they're about not specifically, like I wish I, when we start doing something for me,
1: when I started writing, like we sort of model ourselves in the image of other people, and mm. when our careers don't go the same way, it feels wrong. You know, when we don't hit those, like when we don't hit those heights, you know, like radio success or something else. Mm. And I'm just trying to sort of get better. I, I hate throwing this word out because it's very trendy, but trying mm. to be like mindful mm. about the successes that that I've had. I mean, that's some, that's something definitely that, that I'm working on right now.
0: Yeah, I definitely. I don't know if I ever... I don't know. I never had really any big goals, and the goals that I did have were achieved really early on. I guess I bring that up
1: to say, like, as an outsider, as somebody who's followed your career for a few decades, the, the solo stuff, and also like played a very important role in three very important bands of the era. When you add up Full Complosion, Sebadoh, Dinosaur, all those things, it's like seem to have from from my perspective have had a pretty successful career.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would from the outside, and or like I said, just being a you know from my perspective as a music fan. Yeah, it'd be hard. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. You know, a lot of I, I was a part of a lot of really great stuff and influenced a lot of people. You know, and I was influenced by a lot of people. And I, I like this. There's a sort of a metaphor that Mike Watt uses. Mm-hmm. You know, of music being this stream or you know, this river, this mm-hmm. great river. You know, I mean, it sounds you know, like a thing Mike Watt would eh, say. But it's, it's, it's sweet though because it's kind of true. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you just and he describes like just early on just wanting to be a part of that really, mm-hmm. that flow. You know, and that's, I feel like, yeah, that was, that's really what I wanted it to be. And that was my major thing is to be part of the flow of music, of creativity and uh, and inspiration, you know, for people to be inspired and to inspire people. And this music is just so, such a, i think it's just such a, such a magical, and, I don't know. I mean, I love music. <laughs> it still feels that way to you.
1: Oh yeah. You feel like you've seen the worst side
0: of it. Yeah. I mean, oh no I mean music is incredible I mean it's a I guess to me I mean I've i have struggled a lot in my life with just how implausible it seems to me that I would actually make a living mm-hmm. playing music or I can get to I'm 52 years old and I got here like I, everything I have is because of music you know I didn't go to school you know I don't come from a wealthy family, family. not that that matters I mean I'm not that's not I don't Judge people or anything according to yeah, that. No, we didn't just, have a leg up. I didn't have a leg up. Yeah. Not that that's a chip on my shoulder. It's not because I don't think that that really matters, you know. But you know, I mean, I. But if I do honestly look at what I've done, I'm like, well, I've actually everything I have is because I just played music. And even though I made a lot of really terrible decisions, and I made a lot of bad music, and I shot myself in the foot repeatedly, over and over, you know, over and over and over again, and then. And at the same time, I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be like a straight up middle class dad. You yeah. know? <laughs> so the fact that I do have, that I have more or less done that is, you know, it seems pretty miraculous to me. And I do try to be mindful.
1: Another thing that I've been trying to get better at is when people compliment a thing of mine that I don't like, yeah. That's been a tough one for me, right? Me too. Because probably every single thing over the course of your career has been somebody's favorite thing of yours, yeah. When you see somebody at a show and they compliment what you think is your worst record, you gotta just say
0: thank you, yeah, <laughs> and shut your mouth, yeah.
1: I don't know if you want to name specifics, but at what point does your relationship with that music change to such a point where you're just like, wow, that was that was a
0: stinker? Well, I guess I felt it really. Keenly recently, because we had finished this new Sebado record which yeah. i'm I'm quite proud of i mean yeah. I just really thought it came together really well. i really like the energy behind it, and it was a real i don't know it was just a really good moment for us as a band and as you know friends and who've been working on was it we really came together in a really nice way, and the music I think is really feels very vital to me, and I really like it but I a lot of times when I'm working on new things or I finished something new, I like to go back and just have like do like a little navel gazing for a while and mm-hmm. go back and look at what else I've done and compare things. Um, you know, just ponder, you know, my, you know, because in a way, like one of the the things I find the most enjoyable about music is it 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 is ultimately totally for me <laughs> yeah. like yeah. i'm i'm my biggest fan yeah. i listen to my music far more than anybody ever will my moments of when i feel like i've like when i have finished a song like i've mixed it and i i sit and i listen to it those moments are euphoric for huh. me like i really really enjoy it. And I always have. And even when I was a kid making my first cassette tapes and then playing them back, I remember that. I mean, I don't remember the first time, but when I got involved and just really listening to my own voice and then trying to improve, you know, and and getting involved in that process of like, and this was just the scratchiest, crappiest thing that I could be doing, but just realizing that this was something that I could continue to entertain myself with was like just remarkable, you know? And I still feel that way. You know, it takes a little more to get me to those those points where I'm really liking something, which is great because it's a challenge.
1: The vast majority of people I talk to, they're like, "Of course, I don't listen to my own music." Well, I know what
0: my point was is that that uh, I went back and listened to the last Subbida yeah. record, "Defend Yourself," and it made me physically sick. And I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, ah. I was like, oh, and I just, I heard all of the pain in the music, I guess, Um, in a way.
1: You went back to where you were when you recorded it? I
0: really felt it. And I've never, it's never happened to me like that viscerally ever. Like, I mean, I've listened to things and just had profound senses of like disappointment and been like, oh, you know, I'm so... Disappointment in your... And and what I had done, yeah. yeah, And like, oh, you know, I I turned left when I should have turned right. You know, just this kind of, you know, but I just felt such, I'm uh, such a... Sadness when I listened to that record recently and I I've never felt such a, an intense regret about something. That- again,
1: regret's an interesting word, not regret from the standpoint of you don't think it's a good record, but just that it's like hard to put yourself back in that place again.
0: Well, actually I think it's a bad record. You do
1: think it's a bad record. Okay. <laughs> you think you were what, too, you were, you were too honest or?
0: I just don't like the playing. I don't like okay. the way, I guess what, I, actually maybe it is that I put myself back in it because I remember yeah. how I remember how constricted I felt. Yeah. Because I was facing a really diff, I was in the middle of a divorce. I was sitting in a, <laughs> I was sitting in this, my little practice based studio was in this woman's backyard and she had just started dating my girlfriend's ex who we had left. I mean, it was just, and I was trying to do overdubs for that record. And then I was also weighing like, I was like, really wanted to be, to describe how why I was getting a divorce and all that stuff, but knowing it was almost like, it was so painful. I just, uh, this, and it was, and it was partly, but I can, I feel like I can hear it and the constrict that there's a resistance in the performances. There's a, there's a lack of like clarity in the lyrics, you know, there's a, you know, and it just, you were too close. I was way too close. And I, I just, but I had to plow through and do it, you know, I had to do it. And then the, the album and that album cycle was extremely difficult. Like in, We you mean the touring? The touring was really hard. Like Jason and I, really like we just we were both. I mean, interestingly, like he also ended up separating from his wife shortly after that. So we were both like coming to the end of these like very long term relationships that had shaped us. Because that's one of the things that you really realize is like you can have these like these difficult relationships and you can get through and you can find you can plat find a new plateau and stuff. But like if it's difficult. It will – that difficulty will shape you. It will change you. And so coming out of that is not – it's not like, oh, you – I mean, like, he and I both, I mean, we – you know, we've we've moved on and we're both married again. But just, like, finding somebody else and getting married is, like, that's not – it doesn't all change when you find a new partner. You have to do this incredible inventory of, like, all – I mean, of how this difficult – Challenging relationship that you carried on for decades shaped you. You would be doing a disservice to the next person you dated/slash
1: married if you were looking at that in in the way that like people have children to save marriages. Like that yes, is
0: which I try. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You I'm just <laughs> gonna name There's bad those... things. I'm gonna name all the bad things people can do, <laughs> and then you can nod if you've no, been you again. Like you've got to, you think you're over or something, and you're not, and you need to, you need to exercise all that demon, all those demons, in order to have an even like remotely healthy relationship next time.
0: Yeah. Oh no, it's 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 like I yeah I. Uh, but anyway, Jason and I, I think we we were kind of going through a similar. But it was not bringing us closer. That's all I can say. It wasn't making you, like defend yourself was a very, it was like, we actually, I think we were both hitting, you know, for lack of a better word, like epic points of our lives, you know, where we were both, I mean, we were, I mean, I'm in my fifth, I was almost 50 or I was in my late forties at that point and he was in his forties as well earlier. He's six years younger than me, but, but through this, this, that touring cycle, it just, we were both, we were Mm -hmm. just, It was hard. It was just a really hard period. And the record was like, it was, it was a decent record, I I, I guess. And at least at the time it felt pretty good. And we, you know, we did our touring, we did all that stuff. But when we came out of that, I, I, we, I, it was really hard. So how is this one different? Is it just that you're in a different
1: and better place?
0: Yeah. It's almost that simple. I mean, and we waited a while too. So it's, you know, it took the right.
1: I mean, to be fair, you waited a long time before the last one.
0: Yeah. It didn't,
1: no, we totally did, but it didn't seem to help. The timing was just bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the last, I mean, defend your stuff was still, still dealing like lyrically. Like we were still in the midst of these long-term relationships. And Mm -hmm. I do really believe that that shaped the way that we wrote our songs. And because with Sevadel, it's like Jason and I, we just both seem to bring our real heavy, like, you know, we bring our, we bring our little gnarl. The the songs are these gnarls of these conflicted feelings, you know, that we bring. And that was kind of what characterized, like, to me, like a lot of the Septo records was like our gnarls and trying to pick apart these knots that we had created in our lives, you know, through the songs.
1: There's no way that you can kind of act those out every single night and not have them kind of manifest themselves a little bit in your personality. Maybe
0: so, yeah. Maybe so. I mean, I, I definitely, but I think, you know, this last period, it's, it took a while, you know, just even just for our, to find the right time. But yeah, I don't know. When we came in to do this new record, I mean we weren't really singing <laughs> the songs weren't so much about they're not really they're not so much about relationships yeah it's more it's like we're kind of looking out more like he he and i both like the i kind of feel the records has i mean i wish there was a better word for it like uh to say political but also i mean just like but it's both of us i i sort of feel like just trying to like sociologically just look at stuff like what the changes that are happening the way that people process information and the way that like you know and kind of like we're looking at but Whatever it is, whatever kind of pretentious thing I can put, try to put on it, the point is that we, that on this newer record, I think I, I feel that he and I both, for the most part on this record, are looking out more than we were before. And it adds like a, there's, it just, and then the way the the playing on the record feels a lot lighter, it feels a lot, it's not a lighter record. It's actually a heavier record than we've done, but it's, there's just air to it, or something. It's interesting though that you
1: say that, that. At least, like thematically, it's lighter when you're looking out because to compare it to the last record of you know having that distance and being able to look at yourself and realize that you were just like strained the entire time. God help us when the current administration is over, we're going to look back at this point in time and just be like, oh, we were just all really shitty to each other. We were just these like angry balls of just fear, like walking around and being crappy to each other. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny because I don't feel that way. Really? I think I think when it all happened yeah like when there was this shift I remember kind of reading something you know people like what do we do now and somebody had written this this piece about like you know what when you go out every day make eye contact mm-hmm. be kinder to people and like and I really somehow for myself like I really took that to heart because I think I, I it wasn't a huge surprise like I won a 100 bucks from a I was on tour at the time and I won hundred bucks from Margaret, the dinosaur junior guitar roadie because I said Trump was gonna get elected. And they were giving me so much shit. That night before they're like, "He's not gonna happen. I'm like, it's gonna happen. I was like, I'm you know, I'm I had kinda of been through this I had been through it. I had been through yeah. this realization of Does about that make
1: it. you prescient or does that just make you a cynic?
0: I don't think it makes me
1: either. I just it's just the way I mean it wasn't a guess, you saw it coming.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean it's been coming for decades. Yeah. This is a long I mean, especially, I mean, I think I thought of it a lot just because I travel a lot, you yeah. know? And um, you just see it. I don't know. You see yeah. it. You, I mean, then, people think it's an anomaly, but it's it's, it's not. not. I, no, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's almost, and then also, you know, it's everything. I mean, and I think of myself, I'm 52 years old. I've lived in a period, you know, 1966 till now, and probably an unusually stable time. And I mean, it's unusual for for I would imagine almost any country to have like fifty two relatively stable years. I mean, when I was very young, and you know, the the late sixties, there were there were riots and and there was a lot of. But other than that, you know, that's why you know nine eleven was such a huge deal because it was like what the. But in my mind, I'm thinking like. Well this is almost a normal occurrence almost everywhere else in yeah. the world you know not yeah. to say that there to 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 sure. in any way diminish what we felt when that that occurred yeah. but it did really to me underline and then the reaction to 911 to me like set all of this stuff up i was like right right off the bat i was like the the kind of just like the reactionary stuff mm-hmm. that happened right after that i was like this isn't good this is yeah. an era of fear that starts now. Then <laughs> like and we don't even know. I mean, I think what we're experiencing now is just the the sort of I really do kind of think it started on 9/11. You think this is the tip of the spear? I don't Although there's plenty of that before. There's yeah. there's I mean there's I mean just historically in America, I'm not there's plenty of like reasons to believe that this was going to happen before 9/11. I just think sure. 9/11 really brought it just brought sure. this
1: this level of fear. I had a similar reaction. I was surprised it hadn't happened sooner, just given like the way we've acted in the world. Oh god, I yeah. know.
0: When once you, I, you even, I mean, I mean, uh, ashamed, not ashamed to say, but basically I'm since I didn't really go to school and I didn't really <laughs> a lot of my my beliefs and things were just are all you know, almost like music based, you yeah. know, like political bands that I grew up with and things like that. So, uh, like what Again. Like Watt, Yellow o Afro. I mean, yeah. like, the Dead Kennedys. I mean, like I was you know, you're introduced at an early age with this alternate idea of the United States. You're yep. like, oh, it's not, you know, if you, you look beyond.
1: It's the Howard Zinn thing. Yeah. People's history, the, the, the side that doesn't make it through the mainstream media. Right.
0: I mean, that's, and I found, I mean, all that stuff was. I found <laughs> I was shaped by music and bands that way, but
1: you guys are also just in a, in a better place with, with regards to your relationships with each other versus the yeah, last time around. I think,
0: I mean, I think maybe to draw this, like to bring it into what we were just talking yeah. about. I think the way that we reacted to everything that's gone, it almost like made us more, it almost brought us, brought us together, mm. you know, as a band and opened us up more and made us more focused. And in, in a way, I mean, like I've had a lot of, I mean, and Jason and I both, like I've said, like I said, we've gone through some changes in our life that I think have brought us, you know, clarity. To me, this level of kind of anxiety that's in the world right now is also like it's it's brought me another step of clarity, just to overcome the fear, because fear is is almost totally useless. Yeah, <laughs> especially raising children and stuff. It's like I cannot, I have yeah. to really. Just to be. Do you realize
1: how trivial the things that you've been afraid of in your own life ultimately are?
0: I mean, and, and also to realize like what I have been through and how somehow life it's kind of miraculous how we do move through this very chaotic environments that we live in, you know, some more chaotic than others. But like we go through this incredible chaos and somehow we come through the other side and, and. Of course you come to the other side to continue to go. <laughs> sure. And I think also too, that sure. was part of the record too, and part of some of my lyrical part of this new record is just like, look, you know, this is just the state of, this is life, you know, it's not really an anomaly. It's not an anomaly, yeah. You know, and through this, this chaos, like I, I it, and it's just one of those things too, like where when you are in a trying, when I'm in a trying period or I'm in a difficult period and I, when I do, Focus on music, and I, it's just like, oh god, it may, I just really, it gives me such like a peace of mind and clarity. You know, does it feel clarity, like you're fucking you said clarity like ten times? But does
1: it feel like you're channeling things directly? I mean, it, it feels closer. It feels closer. like therapy or closer, catharsis, yeah. and like you're yeah. working through it.
0: Closer, yeah. It definitely feels closer. I feel like I'm closer to. And then it was interesting because I was I was asked to do a, a project for Joyful Noise Records mm-hmm. where I kind of just like do these installments like people at some point will ask people to subscribe to this series yeah. and stuff. That that's I, sounds that's
1: perfect, perfect for you actually. Yeah,
0: And I, and a, fr- a very good friend of mine is sort of, I'm going to be working with him yeah. as the label liaison. But my friend, Adam Harding is working for Carl now. And um, so he asked me, like, you can do stuff and, and it kind of coincided with me pulling out all of these old cassettes because I was cleaning my mm-hmm. house, you know, cause that was another thing I, I'm doing a lot more is like cleaning, you know, organizing, trying to, you know, a lot of people are doing that now. It's kind of trendy, but. <laughs> it's the, uh, <laughs> the, Marie Kondo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Joyful noise, things that, that surround, you surround yourself with things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of was going through all these cassettes and then just, um, listening to the, my very first, my very first, like, sound experiments.
1: you've held on to everything
0: more or less yeah. and uh and I was just like listening to that stuff and just realizing like okay this is before before drugs you know because I managed to say I was a straight edge teen you know mm-hmm. and I made it into almost to almost to my 20s oh. so, like straight yeah. And of course that changed drastically <laughs> once it did but but I but I did have that level you know so and it was just it was kind of cool because it was just reminding me of what why what Role music has played in my life and how important it is. And then, I,
1: you were able to be back there. Yeah. You knew exactly where you were when you, yeah, it was
0: really interesting. Like, and I remembered, I was, I was playing the stuff back and then I remembered like there was like a series of these songs. It was about seeing a girl in the hallway at school and stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I remember this, this mm-hmm. crush that I had totally forgotten. It's crazy, right? <laughs> and it was like brought right back. me. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, that's right. she had blonde curly hair and I never. Never made any contact with her. She was just this sort of like specter, yeah. this beautiful thing that would. I and mean, whenever I would see her, I literally would felt incapacitated. This is the most
1: <laughs> wholesome shit I've ever heard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, I found these, and I was just—it was, it was nice. Our relationships
1: change with other people as as we get older and we get more mature. You know, you've been through a bunch of bands. You've had some contentious. Relationships. Do you feel that at this point in your life that you're better at sort of like navigating the bullshit when it comes to we're all in this together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Well, the interesting thing is, I think I always thought I was really good at that or something. I'm good enough. I'm like, I was really earnest.
1: And it's like figuring out you're an alcoholic, right? At a certain (laughs) point, you're like, wait, there's a consistent
0: problem here. Maybe I'm part of it. it. Maybe it's me. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean I have definitely always I like, really wanted to I'm I'm yeah. very into sticking with people. I'm sticking yeah. with and sticking with situations and no matter how impossible they are, you know, like I'm really into that. And, and I don't know why. <laughs> like it's,
1: it's, you're a, you're a loyal person. I'm a loyal
0: person, but I mean it's yeah, it's just part of kind of a makeup. But I think uh I don't know, I kinda had a really big realization. With Jay Mask, like I re- I rejoined the band and we were kind of cruising along and it was cool, you know. But I was still just like,
1: this is weird. I was at those shows and it was just like the two of you on either end of the stage, and there wasn't there was just wasn't much happening between the two of you.
0: No, and there's and there very well may never much happening between the two of us. But we reached a really uh, we reached a really critical period when we were we were starting to work on our second you know post reunion record. I think it was the second. It was called Farm. We were working on it, and when we came, we came to the end, and Jay kind of like finished doing the the vocals, and um, I got the mixes, and I freaked out. I was like, "You didn't work on these at all!" You know, I'm like, "Wait a minute!" And then I'm calling our engineer, like, "How long did he?" Because we had been crafting the music for like. Over a month, you know, yeah. two months. I mean, it, I was really like very encouraged by what we had done. I was like, wow, this is a real, really cool textural thing that we were doing. Texturally, I, I was, I thought we were really onto something. And, and I'm a real lyric guy. Like I really, lyrics are very important to me. I don't think I'm a great lyricist or anything like that, but I definitely, words are important. I have to write lyrics that mean something to me in order to remember them. And Jay, Jay, lyrically, when the band first got together, he was, I just thought he was brilliant and I still do when I listen to those those initial dinosaur junior records yeah. that I was a part of like I just think lyrically they're I think they're amazing but at some point he lyrics just didn't mean as much to him and I guess I always had like a kind of a bone of contention about that I was I was like why did you why you were yeah. so you know and I'd never and when I rejoined the band of course I would never but I found myself after listening to the what he had done on this record and I was like I was like I just all of a sudden it welled up in me like I have to confront him. I have to tell him that he needs to work harder on the lyrics. I'm like, oh no, I can't. And I'm like, no, I have to. I have to. You have to. You have to.
1: Are you? You're generally somebody who's not good with confrontation.
0: No, I'm pretty good with. Okay, I'm much better than most of my. I'm. I'm like kind of a. Everyone that I've worked with a band with, they're like East Coast reserved. I'm like, I grew up in the Midwest yeah. until I was twelve. Around a lot of loud people. Right? But you knew
1: your relationship with Jay. You knew what it was. You knew the nature of it. And you yeah. knew, like, lines that you can and can't
0: cross. Yeah. And I was also kind of scared of him, you know. He's so. a big guy. He's, <laughs> he's imposing. He's just, yeah. well, he's, he's just mentally – he's actually very, He's very very intelligent. Yeah. So it's, it's, but he's – Imposing. It's imposing. I mean, yeah. I found him – I mean, he really – he's a huge specter in my life. He's yeah. very incredibly talented pretty fiercely intelligent. He set things in motion for you. He absolutely set things in motion. I am totally in so many ways like in his wake and on his coattails and in his wake. So I, but I had to confront him about this thing and I did. And it was like, not good. (laughs) It was like, it went exactly how you thought it would in your mind. Like I didn't, I just, I think at some point I threw that out the window. I was like, I got to do this. I don't know where it's going to end up. You know, I don't know what I'm, I just, Threw myself into this this confrontation and uh it went really poorly, but it didn't break us up. You know what I mean. And and the record came out and we went and we toured it. And then what it did do was it made me really think about him more, or like or why he why he wouldn't be able to react well. Yeah. To my, you know, like because in my mind I'm thinking I could take it. If someone told me that, I mean, it would be hard to take. But I love you know. I'm like I'm thinking you know I love discussion. And stuff.
1: We, I think it's true. I think we sort of go through our lives and we don't do a very good job of trying to figure out the shitty day the other persons have or everything else they're dealing oh, with. You worry.
0: I mean, I really, I really had to really think, and I, the lesson I kind of learned then, I don't know. I don't know. I just like people, everybody's got their yeah. reason for being the way they are. I mean, and it's, I mean, we can sit all day long, and I mean, with someone who of a like mind, or someone who listens to you (laughs) complain about these things, and go like, "Whoa!" You know. But in the end, it's like if you don't make the effort to understand this person, or understand like why, hey, maybe my approach wasn't good. Is
1: there just a sort of a tacit understanding between the three of you in in Dinosaur that like the the product is so good that it's not worth? Dealing yeah. with the bullshit.
0: Yeah, it is. That's one thing Jay and I have in common that really works. And I found You think there's mutual being... respect even if like yeah. there's not you friendship. Know, I actually do think that. And it, it took a while to really yeah. s- I mean it actually took a few years even into the reunion to start to re even mm-hmm. feel secure about it. In some ways I don't I still don't feel secure about it, but But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jay is one of the only people that I know where music is the most important thing.
1: It must feel different with with a, you know, with a a Sebado or Folk Implosion, certainly with your own stuff, where it's very much your project. You were in Dinosaur for the most important years, but then, like, he kept being Dinosaur for a while, and it became, like, the Jay Maskett show. It must feel realer, and you must feel at least a little bit less of that kind of imposter syndrome when it's your own project, right? When people are coming out for the, the product that you're creating.
0: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, especially if I play yeah. if I, you know yeah, I know I really yeah I mean my what I really love doing is like playing I did a last year I just did these solo shows where I would just go and sit in people's living rooms or whatever coffee yeah. shops barber shops and just sit and play for two and a half hours and talk and, and that was
1: amazing. Sebado no, everybody likes each other for the most part and you guys get along you're yeah, enjoying we it actually we do function really well yeah. together. we're actually a really good unit. It's probably good for your own mental health that you have these projects that you can kind of walk away from for a little bit and then go back to. It's pretty
0: awesome. I mean, I think, I think (laughs) one of the reasons that my first marriage lasted so long was that I was touring for so many, (laughs) I spent so many, I spent so much time away. I would, when I had reached periods where I was like of depression or whatever, I would be able to just not be there for
1: months. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's true. And I imagine that relationships and being in a band are very similar from the standpoint of you need to be away from it for a little while to realize it. You know, obviously, like when it's day number, whatever, in the bus or the van, like you want to kill these people. But then it's like, hey, it's been four years since we did a record. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. I have to say, though, all all the people that I tour with, I don't really... I've never really uh, dislike any. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know whether I want to like pat myself on the back. Like, I'm just not, you know, I don't, you know, cause people get really, you know, and I kind of just know, I guess maybe because I've been doing it since I was, you know, in my teens, it's like, I hey, used. you got to spend eight hours a day in a van with this guy. Or,
1: so you wouldn't say you dislike Jay, but just the two of you like, don't like, you don't hang out when you're not
0: playing shows. I don't know. I don't know how to start and maintain conversations with him that's all <laughs> it's what it's like it's just that's, that's what it's, I, mean, I mean again at a certain point you get to a certain point in your life and you're like this
1: is just how this is how it's going to be you know i've known this guy for 30 40 years yeah probably we're the people who are going to be at the for the rest of our lives
0: <laughs> yeah and and jay actually surrounds himself like the people that work for dinosaur junior are wonderful and the and they in a large part are the They keep us going, and there's people that Jay does have great chemistry with. I'm just not one of them, and that's. And I mean, is that? I mean, and you know, when I was younger, maybe I I thought that that was because of something that was wrong Mm -hmm. with me, or I wasn't cool enough, or you know, he hated me, or I mean, all of which could be true. But I, but now I, I mean, I don't, I don't care.
1: That was, of course, the great Luke Barlow. Thanks so much to him. What a pleasure speaking with him. I I talked to him, God, probably like a decade ago, maybe longer. Whenever it was that Dinosaur Jr. first got back together, I interviewed him with him. So this was... um really wonderful you get a chance to be able to follow up with him in person really enjoyed that conversation thanks so much to lou you can check out Sebado's latest record act surprise out now on danger bird records thanks to him thanks to you guys as always for listening to the program if you like the show there are a number of ways to support us you can rate and review us on itunes or on google podcasts on spotify youtube now like us on facebook If you have any feedback, it's rwildcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rwildcast.tumblr.com. That's the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L-related information. And that's about all we got for this week. So stick around because we're going to be back just about this time next week with another episode
0: of RIYL.